This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. You may have learned about abolitionist newspapers from the 1800s. They were publications calling for the end of slavery in the U.S. And there was one called The Emancipator that was established nearly 200 years ago. Well, now The Emancipator is being revived and reimagined, this time in a digital format, tackling modern issues. It's a collaboration between the Boston Globe's opinion team and Boston University's Center for Anti-Racist Research. The recently launched project bears the same name, The Emancipator, and focuses on solutions to eradicating racism. With us to discuss is co-editor-in-chief Deborah Douglas. Welcome back to the show, Deborah. Hi, thank you for having me and Amber. (laughs) Also with us, Amber Payne. She's also co-editor-in-chief. Welcome, Amber. Thanks, Sasha Ann. So first of all, congratulations to you both. I mean, Deborah, I'll start with you. How does it feel to have finally launched The Emancipator? Uh, Amber and I have been doing a Vulcan mind mail for several months now. So it's just great to to have what's been inside of our head and our hearts out into the real world. Um, by every indication, people have been waiting to to have a, a particular place to have this kind of dialogue. And having worked in Chicago newsrooms and knowing what what we get right in the Chicago media landscape and what we get wrong in the Chicago media landscape, it's just really great to be in a position to rectify some of the things that I've experienced. What about you, Amber? What's going through your mind now that it's out? Yeah, now that it's out, I think um, we've been getting some really, really good feedback and just engagement. And, um, you know, I think just as, as Deborah said, I, I agree as, as someone who's worked in the different newsrooms, you know, we're excited to, to do things a little differently and uh, putting journalism and humanity um, really at the forefront of that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, last week was uh, World Press Freedom Day, Amber. So how would you say that you see the emancipator fitting into a free press? Well, I think, you know, we are going to be confronting um, issues head on. And, uh, you know, you, you, you either actively exist through inaction and, um, you know, we feel like there's no middle ground right now for, for being a passive observer in what's happening and what's going on and providing that context and through line for people. You know, when you think about the concept of emancipation and, and free press, mm-hmm. you know, we're thinking about that as in the broadest way possible. It's emancipation from injustice from ideological bondage to ignorance and misinformation and emancipation from indifference. Anything to add, Deb? Uh, Well, right on with all of that. We also just aim to get beyond the conversations on race. We want to like interrogate how we got here, um, understand how our systems and institutions and norms um, have come into play and what we can do to, to reprogram or tear down what doesn't actually work for us. Um, The thing is that, you know, America is gripped by a tendency towards anti-blackness. And what was once uh, slavery has morphed into widespread racism that affects us all. And so we're looking to implicate everyone into the solution of uh, pursuing and exploring anti-racist ideas and solutions that, that are needed right now. Amber, you mentioned how uh, the project has been, you know, in the works for for a while. Tell us how it came to be. Yeah, um, well, the summer of 2020. Where were you? Where were we all? We were all really trying to understand, um, 
our worlds. We were we were uh, watching, and some many were participating in the uprisings after the the killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Many were outraged, and also just coming to um, maybe not an awakening, but an awareness about police bias, brutality after seeing that tape. And we were in the heart of the pandemic, where we were really uh, witnessing these racial disparities that were being. Um, you know, unfolding. And, and some of us, you know, we've we've lived this and we've we've tried to report on these issues for a long time on health disparities, but it really became something that was at the forefront. And Dr. Ibram X. Kendi, um, who is uh, at Boston University as the director of the Center for Anti-Racist Research, and uh, Bina Venkatraman, who at the time was the editor of the Globe Opinion Pages, they had a conversation. It was a virtual conversation. It was Juneteenth. There were a lot of things that um, they talked about that wrapped up a context, a through line, and it was a space for this engagement and this yeah. two-way conversation. And after that, they realized, you know, we have we have something here. It's not a newsletter. It's, it's not an event series. You know, how do we build an anti-racist newsroom? What would that look like? Hmm. You've said on social media, Ember, that you, you want this to move past, you know, quote, you know, so-called conversations about race and that you want to offer solutions. Why is that important? That comes from um, something I talked about with my mom when I first was considering uh, taking this role. And, you know, my mom said, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. It's about confronting inequality and, and, and changing the conversation on, on race, race and inequality. And she said, I'm, I'm tired of these conversations on race. What, where do they accomplish? Where do they go? And I thought, yeah, you know, I've, I've been part of, you know, producing town halls on race and these conversations on race. It just gets said over and over again. But what about the solutions? Where do we go? We can present conversations and problems, but um, how do we, you know, dismantle uh, these policies and institutions and norms and, and figure out how to build them back up? And, I mean, Deborah and I aren't figuring that out. We're going to be tapping into um, journalists and uh, scholars and other experts, um, be they experts on their own lived experience or, mm-hmm. you know, experts at the scholarly level um, to to break things to break these down. So I think that that's really important um, to arm people who they want to be educated and informed. They don't always know where to go. I know when I want to read um, stories about uh, racial justice and racial inequality and, and ways forward, I, I kind of have certain columnists that I like to read and it's, it's yeah. a little bit a la carte for me. And we really want to be that um, one-stop place for, for people to be a resource. You can, you can have a conversation with your neighbor, your friend, you can raise your hand at that PTA meeting, or maybe you just are going to finally have that conversation with your dad that you've been avoiding, but you want to um, understand where they're, where people are coming from and, and, be better informed about um, racial inequality and a way forward. And, and Deb, help us understand a bit more of the, the the history here. For for those who aren't aware, what role did abolitionist newspapers play back then in ending slavery? Well, think of it this way. The original Emancipator was established in 1820. And, and then in a few decades, slavery had ended. So they... they sounded the call for why black enslavement needed to end um, the underlying um, moral argument to that um, pulling that uh, 
that that threat of accountability of is this the country that we say we are and and having conversations about that. There were all kinds of anti-slavery societies like, you know, you think about, you know, the people who benefited from um, black enslavement, but there were other people, you know, who had a, a totally different moral mindset about the, the way that the country needed to go. Mm-hmm. And that. That choice is a choice that we have now, given everything that we've been experiencing in a most acute way since uh, since 2020. And so the choice is not always to to be on the side of of patriarchy and white supremacy. There's always another side. And those abolitionists uh, point the way. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you are just tuning in, we're talking about the resurrection of The Emancipator. That's an abolitionist newspaper from the 1800s that's now in digital form. And we're speaking with the co-editors-in-chief, Deborah Douglas and Amber Payne. Now, ahead of launching this digital version of The Emancipator, founders reflected on the original newspaper, which was founded two centuries ago, by a white abolitionist in Tennessee. Now, the text from the first edition was abridged and updated to change references of the word slavery to racism and using current debates like critical race theory instead of slavery. So I want us to listen to a short excerpt. The voiceover here was recorded by Reset producer Linnea Dominic. I have been listening with some attention to the different observations which have been made and are still making on the subject of racism and on what is to be done in the critical circumstance of having it in the bosom of our country. From what I can discover, it appears to be the general opinion of the citizens of the United States, from Maine to Georgia, that racism is wrong, that it is a national evil, and that something is necessary to be done. You know, Amber, it it strikes me here how you can tell that the cadence and the verbiage is is from a different century, but... Somehow it still resonates today. Yeah, we've been struck by that as well. Um, Deborah and I have spent some time in Boston Public Library um, going through microfilm and looking back at um, columns and really looking at how, yes, if you, t- if you, if you took out the word slavery and then put in racism, um, we're having that conversation. It feels very contemporary. So uh, there is really a true parallel and um, further, you know, beyond just these, these, these papers calling for the end of slavery, they were, they were calling for a, you know, they were having a, a discussion on what full citizenship and freedom would look like and how to get there. So mm-hmm. they were um, preparing people for uh, starting businesses and um, how to build financially. Um, there were other topics that they, they got to in, in these abolitionist uh, newspapers that were really um, about uh, moving forward as, as a people. You know, out of the gate, the emancipator touches on core issues of inequality. You recently published a column by Kimberly Atkins Store about how black student loan debt increases the racial wealth gap. Now, in it, she counters many narratives. Uh, but the one that stuck out to me was uh, where she talks about, you know, going to college in the first place is a path to accruing wealth. Deb, what do you think is is successful about this column that Kimberly wrote? I think Kimberly's series of columns that address student loan debt, uh, credit reporting, access to business capital, is that she's giving us permission to uh, to to think a different way to. Um, 
embrace a paradigm shift in our own hearts and minds and so that we are better prepared for information on what to ask for and agitate for from our public officials. Um, some we get so grounded in, in narratives and mythologies and in a US context. She talks about the American dream. Well, you know, who who actually has access to this myth of the American dream? I mean, it really is a myth of American dream because it's not accessible uh, equally to all of us. And so she gives us an opportunity to think, she gives us an opportunity to dream, and she gives us an opportunity to think about concrete ways that we could press for policy that implicates us all in the in the highest possible outcome uh, for our social policy. Yeah. And Amber, we should be clear, right? This endeavor, this is more than an opinion page, right? Oh, this is this is more than an opinion page and, and we've been we've been calling it, you know, evidence based commentary. Um, but we are also going to be uh, doing some more narrative journalism, some magazine style. Um, we have a comic. We have a comic that yes, uh, is really that. an interview with, with yeah, with um, uh, Samuel Altman, who he had his student debt loan forgiven. And in, in, I think, 12 panels, 10 or 12 panels, you see that story. That was an interview that was conducted with him that is being presented in comic form. It's doing um, it's. It's getting shared very widely on on social media. So we want to meet people where they are. Um, We do video commentary. We we also published something with uh, Dr. Kendi about how uh, book banners were the original uh, enslavers. Um, Enslavers were the original book banners. um, Mm. And how, you know, the historical through line on book banning that we're seeing now with this discussion around critical race theories and, 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 and books in schools. Um, so we, we want to take a little bit of a different approach, and we're at that early stage where we can be a little experimental. Um, we'll have Q&As. We'll have essay. We'll have – sometimes we may have a piece of scholarly data that we come across, and we say, you know, this is an infographic or, you know, this is a photo gallery. Let's assign – a, a photojournalist to capture nice. the story. In so, photos. so it's flexible. So we want to be open. Yeah, yeah, you're you're open and, and, and flexible. That that's great. Um, and I'm sure you'll have some more of those uh, those virtual events that you had. I know you had one recently mm-hmm. with that representative Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts. Yeah, which and was we great. Have one this Friday on cryptocurrency and can crypto be a driver for racial equity? Nice. Well, you know, in in the 30 seconds I have left with you, Deb, you know. Tell us what folks can expect from the Emancipator moving forward. Well, you can expect more solutions-based commentary generated by uh, by the experts, including community members who are experts in their own lives. Uh, we're working on a package of stories that link to Brown v. Board. Um, we have so many points of entry to the reparations discussion. There's a lot of really exciting, actionable research coming out. Uh, we have more events planned, and stay tuned for Juneteenth. Uh, we want to do it up big. <laughs> I can only imagine. That was Deborah Douglas and Amber Payne. They are co-editors-in-chief of The Emancipator. Thank you both for your time. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.